Hi, you're listening to the Open Micers Podcast. I'm the brains of the operation, Jacob ah. Craig. <laughs> Shut up, Jason. I'm Jacob Craig, guys. Hey, do you like watching our show? Do you like it when we talk to actors, musicians, comedians, celebrities? Then please go on over to patreon.com slash ompodcast to give us a few bucks every month. And if you're a business, please email us at openmicerspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in sponsoring us to have access to the hundreds of views all around the Gulf Coast that we get each month. And please, please, have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. It is Open Micers time. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm Jacob Craig. Merry Kwanzaa, everybody. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. Um, what else we got uh, this time of the year? We got Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas. Anything seasonal else? Seasonal depression. Yeah, seasonal depression. Uh, um, Merry seasonal depression, everybody. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what we're doing tonight is uh, on our Patreon, we asked our Patreon supporters a couple months ago um, if they would like us to do any kind of uh, top five lists for our episodes. And um, these were the ones that we got. So um, we got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories to go through tonight. We've got fa- top five favorite film scores, film soundtracks, pro wrestlers sci-fi movies, comfort foods, movie posters, and candy bars. And I think most of these came from uh, my co-host over at the Nerd Cave Retro, Derek Diamond, who's joining us right now in the chat room. Um, I think most of these came from him, because he loves yeah. top five lists. Like his show, The Derek Diamond Experience, it's a lot of, it's a lot of lists, and uh, people love those shows. Uh, he's very popular on Facebook with the top five list shows. Absolutely. Yeah, man. All these came from Derek Diamond, and I made a promise on Patreon that all the top five lists we got sent will make it onto the show, and so I wanted to knock out that promise before the end of the year so that we can start clean next year without this, anything on our plates. This is the last show of the year, too. How does that yeah, feel? It is. We, we, we made it to the end of the year. 2020, the pile of dung that it was is almost coming to an end. We're almost there. We're in this final stretch. How does, how does that make you feel? You know what? It's, it's a little bittersweet, man. It's, I mean, I'm going to miss it, believe it or not. Why? Being able to, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just in this, in this horrible shit storm that was a year, we started our little podcast, and we, we talked to everybody, and we got to kind of really connect with people about, like, you know, how, how are you doing? How are you yeah. holding up through all this? And I'm, it's, I never thought we were going to make it to a whole year. So it's this awesome. Hey, we're still doing the show. We, yeah. we got a, we got a show that we're going to do. Yeah, I guess you're right. We wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for the pandemic. So we, we right. got that going for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did one good thing. Yeah. So, eh, you know, it, some good stuff came out of this year. Um, but really, I'm I'm just waiting. I'm ready for it to be over with. I'm ready uh, because I have a feeling we're gonna get to December 31st, 
at 11.59, and then it's going to hit midnight, and it's going to say uh, December 30, 32nd. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, no! No, no! Yeah, Derek's right. The one positive of 2020, the increased awareness of mental health. That's a good thing. Yeah, there you go. And I feel like, uh, you know, entertainers have gotten a lot more respect because once you, you know, lose entertainment, then you finally realize how valuable it is. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to, we're doing our best to entertain here, even though we're not very good at it. Yeah, thank you guys for sticking with us for this whole year. <laughs> Jason, what do you want? What do you want for the podcast? At, at the beginning of the year, what are your hopes for next year at Open Micers? Uh, we need sponsors. That's what we need. We need some Patreon people, um, and we need sponsors for the show because uh, coming out of pocket's rough for for shows, you know. And it's not. It's the show is free for everybody else, but for us, it's not free. And you know, we're putting our time and effort into this show, and we got a lot of listeners. And I know it's a tough time of year for everybody. You know, it's a tough time. But if you can dig into your hearts and your wallets and uh, throw us a couple of bucks a month over on Patreon, God, that would do so much to help us uh, keep the show going. Um, I know it's rough. I know, I know it's rough out there for you. But um, if you can find it in your hearts to throw us a couple bucks, bucks and, and, and just keep it, the show free for us, too, that would be nice. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we have uh, a, we've built a very large base of listeners over a very short time, which mm-hmm. you know makes me really happy because this was just a dumb idea that I had in a bar, and I didn't know how to <laughs> execute it. And I was talking to Wally, uh, and you were next to us, and we had never really talked that much at this point. And I was talking to Wally about how I wanted to start a podcast, and you were next to me like, hey, man, I'd, I'd love to start a podcast. I love doing podcasts, blah, blah, blah. And I think mm-hmm. that's when we really actually started talking and became yeah. friends when you kind of interjected. And this was so long ago, and we finally did it, <clears> and we finally have a lot yeah. of listeners. And none of those listeners want to give us any goddamn <laughs> Patreon money. But I still love you guys. Thanks for watching our show. Everyone. Yeah, absolutely. If you My... can't, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, no. If you can't give us any money, please give us a rating and review wherever yes. you can. That's exactly cause... what I was going to say. We're a three-star podcast right now because some asshole gave us a one-star review <laughs> and everyone else is giving us five-star reviews. I don't know who that one asshole is, but I hate you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Derek Diamond says, on New Year's Eve, the sky will light up with the words, you have completed your tutorial. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking real-life Jumanji yeah, or something. no shit. Um, but let's go ahead and go into it. We've got our top five list here ready to go. And uh, I think the way we're going to do this, we're just going to kind of bounce back and forth, each doing our top five and, and talking a little bit about each one. Um, so we're going to start off with film scores. And would you like to go first? Top five favorite yeah. film score. We got two categories, scores and soundtracks. Now, right. if you don't yeah, know the difference, a score is, is somebody like John Williams or Alan Silvestri who does music made for the movie. A soundtrack is when uh, a director picks music from bands or whatever, you know, stuff that he likes to go along with the movie. Right, and that's why I want you to go first, because I want to see what your list of scores looks like okay. before my list of scores, in case I need to change anything about <laughs> what a difference is between a score and a soundtrack. Yeah. Um, for My number five is Batman 1989. 
uh, with, uh, of course, the, the great Danny Elfman, who pretty much has done every single uh, um, Tim Burton soundtrack. But as much as I love, you know, all the other uh, soundtracks he's done for Tim Burton, you know, the Batman 1989 is still up there as like the top. That that's still that's Batman to me. Like that was the theme Absolutely. used for the animated series. Like that is one of those like you hear that song and you instantly know what it is. So that was a great soundtrack. Uh, number four is uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, that soundtrack just is so immersive and just beautiful to listen to. Like it, 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 it kind of relaxes me. And you know, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. So that soundtrack is is still to this day like in constant rotation and my listening habits. Um, number three is the Terminator 2 soundtrack. I love... The Terminator 2 is probably up there as one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, as far as most well-written movies, favorite sci- you know, sci-fi movie. Um, it's just a perfect movie, and it's a perfect soundtrack to go with that movie. Um, and you can listen to all these soundtracks on Spotify right now, which they are all on my playlist. Um, number two is Back to the Future, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Alan Silvestri. Back to the Future is one of those soundtracks that proves that no matter how, um, you know, that movie is not action-packed. There's only a few, like, real action scenes in that movie, but the sound, and it's not a big movie either, but the soundtrack made it sound so much more epic that it just elevated that that movie to a whole nother, um, you know, to a whole nother uh, dimension. And just can, that just proves what, uh, you know, what the power of a soundtrack can do for a movie. Um, and of course, number one would be pretty much the entire Star Wars saga by, uh, by Mr. John Williams himself. If, if that's not anybody's number one, the power of what music can do that that's it right there you know like that just right there is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time pretty much just pick one doesn't even matter which movie it is even the prequels just pick one and it's great because john williams is a genius yeah i figured that we were were probably gonna have the same number one yeah it's what (laughs) i figured i i still haven't seen t2 uh judgment day yet i i have it recorded i think i need to go watch it after we wrap here but my top five film scores gonna be a little sketchy whether or not it's a score or a soundtrack (laughs) but my number five due to recency bias i'm sure is 2019's joker because of the scene where bat where um joaquin phoenix is becoming the joker in the bathroom and you hear the score like the Joker's signature theme, like yeah. it's it's kind of the the uh, what would you call it? The just the theme of the character for mm-hmm. that movie, and, and I think it really makes the whole movie. The score does. Uh, my number four, debatably a soundtrack, but it's La La Land. I love La La Land. Most of the music for that movie was composed for the movie. It was most of its original uh, soundtrack. And Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone fucking knock it out of the I'll park. I'll be honest, I still have not seen that. You should watch it, man, because I hate musicals. <laughs> I fucking hate musicals. 
but I love La La Land. I love La La Land, and I love the Les Miserables remake with Hugh Jackman. Those okay. are like the only two musicals I can stomach. La La Land's amazing. <laughs> you didn't like Cats? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the uh, butthole edition. The, the butthole cut. <laughs> yeah, the butthole cut. If I don't see cat buttholes, I don't want it. You know, what I, I see mean? enough cat buttholes around my apartment. I don't need to see a movie. I cat, bet you do, pervert. <laughs> they, it's because he comes up while I'm sleeping and puts his ass like right here. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. But speaking of cat buttholes, my number three is The Lion King. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I maybe a soundtrack. I don't know. I feel like it's a great score, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's if a, it's score. a soundtrack or not. It's a score. Okay, yeah. great. So, three Lion King. Number two, E.T. The Extraterrestrial Baby. Another. John you know, Williams. it's got to be up in there. John Williams is just the goat of composing. Yeah. Kenny Elfman's the only man that can come even close. But number one, of course. Star Wars. Uh, for me, the original trilogy, you can lump the pre- the prequels in there if you want. Um, leave the new movies at home. But, <laughs> you know, the it's original... It's still John Williams, though. It's still good. Absolutely. But, I mean, the, the original three <laughs> Star Wars movies, with how the music goes into the plot and with yeah. how iconic it is, I mean, you go to any high school band across the country... And they're going to have a tribute to John Williams at the end of the year. You know what I mean? So that's my top five for film scores. What about soundtracks? All right. For soundtracks, um, we got my number five is Dazed and Confused. Uh, Not only is it one of my favorite comedies of all time, it's got one of the best. See, he heard me talking about buttholes, so he's going to come show us his butthole Mm. on on webcam. Hey, Kitty Kitty. Dazed and Confused is still... You know, uh, became friends with Jason London uh, later in life, which is weird. Um, but yeah, I love Dazed and Confused. That soundtrack is great. Uh, and I think there's two different versions of the soundtrack, too, because there was so much music in that movie. Uh, of course, it was based in the 70s. And if you like 70s rock, that's, that's the soundtrack you need to get. Uh, number four is one of my favorite movies of all time is Pulp Fiction. I love the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. There's just something about that soundtrack that just, man, it never left my CD player from like 94 to 96. Um, I, I, and I even owned it like two or three times because um, I, I didn't know it was possible to wear out a CD. Um, number three, of course. Oh, yeah, love the surf guitar in Pulp Fiction, uh, Derek Diamond wrote. That's uh, Dick Dale who uh, invented surf rock. Um, is of course the the main theme of Pulp Fiction. That right there. That's oh man, that just like makes me want to go watch the movie right there. Uh, Great number, song to do heroin to. Yeah, <laughs> especially that one song. I can't remember who did it, but the the song where it actually shows the needle going the extreme close up of the needle going into John Travolta's arm is like down 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 so cool and just like man that's the movie that made me want to be a filmmaker um number three of course is guardians of the galaxy i have that soundtrack on vinyl i love that soundtrack so i'm I'm, i just love 70s rock i don't know what it is it's you give me an album full of 70s rock and i'm good uh even though it was before my time i still there's just something about that decade of well i was a baby in 77 so (laughs) I, think, I don't even remember anything of the 70s. Um, number two is, 
and Derek Diamond's going to like this one. Batman Forever, 1995, the Joel Schumacher Batman. It's got Kiss from a Rose by Seal. It's got The Riddler by Method Man. Uh, it's got Sunny Day Real Estate on there. It's got U2. Such a good, great soundtrack. Um, and of course, number one, my favorite soundtrack is Clerks. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. There's something about that original Clerks soundtrack. They just I listen to it, and it immediately takes me back to high school listening to that soundtrack. Especially uh, my favorite song on there is Chewbacca. Uh, Chewbacca! What a Wookiee! Like, <laughs> such a cool soundtrack. But yep, that's my top five film soundtrack. I know I probably missed something good because I did go through a uh, a phase where all I bought for like two or three years was just I collected movie soundtracks and scores, yeah. and I have tons of CDs from the late '90s where all I did was collect movie scores and soundtracks, but. Those are probably the top five I listen to the most. Yeah, man. And shout out too to uh Brian O'Halloran yeah. for the you know, the Rep and the Clerks, man. Yeah. Hope to have him on in the new year. Um uh, oh, I was gonna say something else about your list. I don't know. Probably it was fucking stupid. <laughs> was but, it about uh, uh Guardians or Pulp Fiction? Uh no, I'll just move on. Um my top five film soundtracks. Now this number five, I know the rest of them are, are soundtrack. Number five might be a score, but it's Frozen. I love the music from Frozen. I sang it when I was in high school <laughs> in choir because the opening scene, like it's like really low bass lines. And I was not to brag or anything, but I was the lowest singing bass that Vancouver High School ever had <laughs> in history to date. Um, I was a basso profundo. You know, if any singing nerds out there know what that is. But I love the Frozen soundtrack. It might be a score because it was made um, for the movie. Well, I think technically anything for like a Disney movie is just a score because all the right. music is written for the movie. So, right. I, but but what, what I was thinking though is that you can go out and buy a Frozen soundtrack. Yeah. But technically, right. it would it would work in either category. I think like if you right. were to pick, you know the. Like you said, like Lion King, I think that could be that could fit into a soundtrack and or score because everything is written for the film itself. Right. And uh, my number four is the soundtrack for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Have you ever seen that movie, Jason? Yes, I love that movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. (laughs) And I love all of uh, Sex Bob-omb's songs, like all of their songs (laughs) is actually really good, man. I love the soundtrack for that movie. I can't believe that movie didn't do as well as it should have. Like, that movie is so freaking good. and It's definitely a cult classic, for sure. It freaking bombed so hard. And I was like, this is like, I don't know. It's like, this should have been like, I mean, I can understand it being a cult classic, but that movie should have done so much better than it did. For sure, man, and um, I, I think maybe the the biggest critique of it is how different it is from the comic book. Yeah, because I've I've read all of the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels, and they are much better than the movie. Yeah, but the movie still is just like it's my favorite movie of all time. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> but um, my number three in soundtracks is Batman '89 because of the original Prince, Prince. soundtrack. Yes. that went on that mother dude. 
Who knew that Prince could go so hard on a Batman soundtrack? <laughs> I did, baby. See, oh, that, should, was, I that was what I was going to say earlier, dude. That was is, one that um, I, I should have had in my soundtracks, because that's another soundtrack that I listen to all the time, is, is Prince Batman soundtrack. Absolutely. What I was going to say earlier is Batman Forever is hands down the most underrated Batman movie yeah. that's ever been made. I love that movie, dude. dude. I love Batman Forever. Batman Forever is a great mo- a great Batman movie, even though, you know, it's mm. way different and like way more kind of campy than the the Tim Burton ones like it's more neon and just like, you know, you got different versions of like high-tech bat suits and all that kind of stuff, but it's still a great movie. Val Kilmer made a great Batman in my in my opinion. Well, that was what I was going to say. In my opinion, Val Kilmer is the worst Batman, even worse than George Clooney. Because I, he just I probably did not would agree. But at the same time, he, I don't know, that he just. He but fit he did make the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I like Jim Carrey as the Riddler. I don't care what anybody said. Mm-hmm. Because he was so much like Frank Gorshin in the sick. Like, Frank Gorshin kind of set the standard of what the Riddler should be. And that's pretty much what Jim Carrey did, but just cranked up to 11. And I liked it, honestly. Yeah, I think that um, it's a shame that Batman Forever exists uh, in the same timeline as a direct sequel from Batman Returns. Yeah. Because a lot of of people, I guess, maybe don't know that, you know, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and George Clooney are supposed to be the same Batman. Yeah. They just kept recasting. Um, and Derek Gunn said sh- um, Batman Forever had a good mix of campiness and darkness. And that's what I liked about mm-hmm. it. Because by the time they got to Batman and Robin, it was all camp. And oh, just, yeah. you had Arnold Schwarzenegger like, I still see you. And all that stupid crap. Yeah. It's like, Ugh, no, th- no, thank you. Okay, but first of all, the Mr. Freeze puns are the best part of that movie. <laughs> just putting that out there. And the other thing, the only thing I didn't like about uh Batman Forever was I didn't like Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face because I felt like he was doing a Jack Nicholson impression as yeah, the Joker. It, it would have been better if they were able to keep Billy D. Williams. Yes, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted Billy D. to be Two Face. Absolutely, but I think it's a shame that uh, Jack Nicholson is the Joker for that series already. If they if they did sort of a soft reboot where Jim Carrey was able to play the Joker, yeah. After watching him in the mask and even uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the <laughs> the smile he gets on the Grinch, I yeah. think he would have been a, a much better Joker than he was Riddler back in the day. Yeah, I but think maybe so that's too. just me. I, I I mean I can see it. I think he would have made a he's skinny enough because like when I picture the Joker, I picture long and lanky, like yeah. you know that. But and Jack Nicholson was a little bit. Um, not pudgy, but he wasn't skinny by any yeah, stretch exactly. of the imagination. He was definitely, uh, he, um, you know, living off that actor money so he could afford to eat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man. But my number two for film soundtracks. I'm sorry we got off on a tangent about Batman, oh, everybody. Okay. <laughs> but when you when you bring up Batman on Open Micro's podcast, we're gonna have something to say. Yeah. About Batman. My number two is uh, the original Shrek movie. I'm talking all-star, baby, yeah. Smash Mouth. <laughs> that whole soundtrack is a 2000s throwback. Reminds me of my childhood, man. And I resonate with Shrek because I'm basically human Shrek. <laughs> so I just, I'm really into that movie. And my number one, of course, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, you listen to how every song goes into that movie and you understand why James Gunn is a genius and it gives you a new appreciation 
for the Jackson Five for David Bowie because you you put that kind of thing in, into uh, a movie like that and it works well with the plot. Just a mm-hmm. great soundtrack, man. All right, and up next we have pro wrestlers top five pro wrestlers, and mine are probably going to be. Mine are all old school, so you're probably going to make fun of me for this. So, uh, all right, oh, yeah. starting at number five, of course, um, I'm going to say Hulk Hogan, number five. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was, uh, I was a Hulkamaniac when I was a kid. You know, who wasn't back in the 80s, uh, except for you, because you, were, you weren't even thought of yet. Um, and then number four, uh, The Undertaker. Like, oh, man, I w- I've been with The Undertaker since the beginning. I, I, you know, he started off in the WWE back when it was WWF and he had um Paul Bearer as his uh as his manager and all that whole time like I love the Undertaker um and I still got to see that documentary that was made about him not too long ago uh number 3 Jake the Snake Roberts uh met him at Pensacon a few years ago and, and I, that was my grandpa's nickname for me too when I was a little kid was Jake the Snake and uh, of course, I just love Jake. I love his uh, his entrance music. I, that's actually on my Spotify playlist is the Jake the Snake Roberts entrance music. Oh yeah. Uh, number two, of course, is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Who doesn't like Macho Man Randy Savage? Right now, go to YouTube and just type in uh, "best Randy Savage promos," and you'll have a a great night of comedy. Just watching all of his promos, he was a he was a comedic genius, that man. Uh, and then number one, my favorite wrestler of all time, Mister Rowdy Roddy Piper. Who who doesn't love the Piper? Rest in peace. Yes, I loved his podcast too. It, it really sucked when he passed away. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, you know, no shame in that list at all, man. That's a lot of OGs I can respect. I uh, I'm not too into pro wrestling, but I do really like the golden era of pro wrestlers, like The Rock, Undertaker, Hulk yeah. Hogan, that sort of thing. But see, that was but, sort of when I kind of dropped out too, like the mid '90s when it started to go into the Attitude Era. That's when I kind of slowly started to drop off, and didn't really get back into it till you know a couple years ago. And even still, like I'm kind of in and out of it. Like I'm not like a regular regular right. fan. Uh, and Derek, yeah. Derek, Derek says Undertaker is arguably the best character in wrestling history. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, the dude's been around mm. for 30-something years and made that character in that career last that long. I mean, there's something special in that, you know? Absolutely. Respect the Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. Yeah. Even though that's less of a character and more of just Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget Diamond Dallas Page, too. I mean, he was already, like later in life when he got his like big break in wrestling uh made himself into you know a superstar and then now he's got his whole you know uh uh um yoga series that he does and i i actually have the dvds that derek gave me uh to do that you know he's got just an empire and that dude has, is still around as, as diamond dallas page so gotta give props to him too right that's awesome man but yeah, like I said earlier, my top five pro wrestlers, I don't like pro wrestling at all. I don't watch it. I don't think it's a sport. I do think they are athletes because you look at these men and you <laughs> can't deny that they're not athletes. But that's where I stand on pro wrestling. That being said, I am the biggest MMA fan in the entire world. So a lot of my uh, list is MMA fighters, <laughs> including my number five, Brock Lesnar. 
You know, yeah. Brock Lesnar, of course, started in uh, WWE, a genetic freak, but it <laughs> turns out he can actually fight and he can actually knock out Randy Couture for the UFC heavyweight title. So respect to Brock Lesnar, even though he's a fucking dope junkie, he's <laughs> probably still going to be in the UFC Hall of Fame one day. My number four is Jake the Snake Roberts, because that was my nickname for, it still <laughs> kind of is, because yeah. my name's Jacob, and whenever, whenever your name's Jacob, people call you Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the stories of Jake the Snake Roberts, like dragging off a cigarette, throwing a snake <laughs> over his shoulder, and then just waddling out to the ring. Super, you Dude, know. if you haven't watched that uh, documentary about him, I think it's on, uh, it might be on Amazon Prime. Um, and what was the name of it? Uh, the the something of the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Very okay. good documentary about him. Oh, I need da- to check that out. Diamond Dallas Page is sixty five. Holy crap! I didn't even know he was that Damn. old. I thought he was like late fifties. Jesus. So that means he yeah. was like in his forties when he got his big break. Good lord. Yeah, dude. But, I'm in my forties, uh, and I wouldn't want to be in a wrestling ring getting my ass kicked around. Hell no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm in my twenties, and I wouldn't want to do that. Are you kidding me? Hell but no. But my number, my number three is Edge, the pro wrestler Edge, because he was on the Flash, and uh, he played Adam Smasher, and that's just all I know about him is he played Adam Smasher on the Flash. What season was that? Oh, uh, it was like season three or something like that. I, I know I saw it. I dropped off like two years ago. I got to like season five or so before I dropped off. Yeah, but that's the only reason I like him is because he played Adam Smasher. And I love the character Adam Smasher yeah. uh, from DC Comics. And my number two is Goldberg because Goldberg was also on The Flash. And yeah. I like this character <laughs> on The Flash. And that's literally all the context I have for liking <laughs> Goldberg. Dude, he has a great character on the Goldbergs, too, if you haven't watched Oh, does he show. actually? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. That fits in so well. Yeah. And uh, my number one, of course, is Ronda Rousey. Oh, who yeah. Who jumped the ship from UFC to go to WWE, and that's where she should have been for a very long time. You know, sadly, uh, in MMA, women started finding her Achilles heel, which happens to be an Achilles chin. Yeah. <laughs> and she took too much damage coming back to fight Amanda Nunes. And thankfully, she's cutting promos in WWE. She has that awesome resting bitch face that could get her a very long way. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I love, uh, love me some Ronda Rousey. It says here Diamond Dallas Page was 42 when he won his first world title. Dude, I'm oh, a year shit. older than that. Holy crap. There's no way. There's no way. I think you could wrestle on a regional circuit. Uh, but, maybe. But, I, dude, I get out of breath putting my socks on in the morning. <laughs> dude, I think in theory anyone in the world could wrestle. Oh, because it's dude. it's literally like it's improv, bro. You can just <laughs> you can script it. If you can script it around Andre the Giant's back injuries, yeah. you can script it around anything. Alright, I'm gonna get us a wrestler on and we can have a talk about that. <laughs> hey, I'll talk to anybody, man. I know a wrestler. We can get him on. You talking about Koloff? Uh no, uh Joey Image. Oh, okay. From New Jersey, our good friend Joey Image. Um yeah. <clears throat> we could get Koloff too. I think he would be on the show. That'd be a good get to for the show. I'll ask him. I'll see. I got no friends that know him. I'll see if he wants to come on the show. Um <clears throat> so our next category is sci-fi movies. 
Um, let's go with, all right, number five is, of course, The Matrix. I love The Matrix. The Matrix is almost a perfect sci-fi movie, and it's too bad that they really screwed it up with the sequels. I'm really, I mean, they're not terrible, I don't think. I actually enjoy the third one. The second one is just too convoluted. I can't even watch it and enjoy it because I, I, I can't even understand what's going on. Um, I hope they have a new Matrix movie coming out, and I, I hope they kind of maybe retcon what happened in two and three. So we'll see. Um, number four is John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, the remake of the 1950s uh, sci-fi movie, The Thing from Outer Space, of course, starring uh, Keith David and, um, uh, uh, oh, crap. Um, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Um, great, great sci-fi horror movie. Um, effects still hold up to this day. Like, it is a scary, scary movie. Uh, number three is, of course, uh, Terminator 2, uh, which I think these th- two and three can flop, flip-flop back and forth. Um, and number two is They Live. Uh, they Live and Terminator 2 can kind of flip back and forth because I just love They Live because it's such a cool story, and I love John Carpenter. I love his movies. I love the way they sound, like the soundtracks and... Because he does all of his own soundtracks, which you can get the John Williams, or I mean, John Carpenter's anthology on Spotify as a, uh, a, a, a playlist to listen to. So I love Terminator 2 and I love They Live. But of course, my number one, which you could argue this is sci fi fantasy, but it's still sci fi nonetheless. Of course, The Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, if that's not your number one, you're doing sci-fi movies wrong, my dude. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, Empire Strikes Back's my number one. I mean, how can it not be? It's the perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. It's perfect. But my my five through two, my number five is The Martian. I love The Martian. I love Matt Damon's performance in it. It got snubbed at the Oscars. I'm still mad about that. My number four is Interstellar, a perfect Christopher Nolan story. Uh, Number three is The Matrix, of course. Has to be on the list. Mm -hmm. And when I include The Matrix, I'm not talking about the first one, because I thought the first one was a little boring. You know, good movie. Mm -hmm. Good movie. It's got its boring parts, but the the story is great. And the execution is great. So when, but when I include the Matrix, I include all three of the Matrix as yeah. my number three. The whole the trilogy because I I, th- I think that the third one is the best one in my opinion. I did enjoy and, the third one, and the second one, even though it's a shit movie, it has good action in it. It has good Fast and the Furious level type scene. Yeah, but the exposition scenes are just like, what is happening? Right, like I don't know anything that's going on right now. It's like listening to gibberish for two and a half hours. Yeah, like the Open Micers podcast. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, <laughs> uh, My number two, I think you'll get a kick out of this one, Jason. I think you'll agree with me. My number two greatest sci-fi movie of all time is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, I didn't even think of those as sci-fi movies. Absolutely. And I had a, tr- I had a hard time picking Excellent Adventure because I'm a huge Bill and Ted guy. You know, I... Th- feel like Bogus Journey is better than Excellent Adventure. I actually like Bogus Journey better than yeah. than Excellent Adventure. But I picked Excellent Adventure because that's the one. 
right? Like that's the one everyone knows. That's the OG. That's the mm. the the one that launched the series. And the new one that came out, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> so great good. movie. So good. It should win an Oscar this yeah. year. Because I you hope know, so. no movies coming out. It should. I don't see why it shouldn't. I mean, it's great. If you haven't seen it yet and you, you're sleeping on it because you're just like, oh, Bill and Ted. Like, no. Yeah. Go and and rent it or buy. You might as well just buy it because you're gonna love it. If you're if you loved Bill and Ted back in the day, or if you you know like like even sort of like the Bill and Ted movies, it's got so much heart to it, and it's such a well told story and enjoyable to watch. Like it's just one of those movies that it's gonna be like I could use it as comfort food, just something I can oh, yeah. put on like all the time and just have it play. Oh yeah, very funny as well. Very funny movie. And of course, my number one is Empire Strikes Back. How could it? But not? speaking of comfort food, dude, yeah. great segue. <laughs> yes, that's our next category: is top comfort five comfort foods. food. All right, let's start off. Uh, number five is, of course, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I love crunchy peanut butter with strawberry preserves. That is my my goat uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, I would love to still have my grandma's jelly, but of course she's no longer with us. I still have uh, a thing of, of her jelly, the last batch that she made before she passed away, and I can't bring myself to open it. So it stays, it stays in my cupboard, and I'll never open it. Um, that's sweet. Number four is pizza. I love pizza. If you eat pizza mm. any time of day, anytime you say, let's get a pizza. I don't think... I've ever said, I don't want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three is my favorite meal of all time is pot roast. Just a mm. nice, juicy, falling apart pot roast with onions oh, yeah. and potatoes and, and gravy and mashed potatoes. Mm, I get hungry thinking about it. Um, but when you get simpler, number two can't sleep on the Cap'n Crunch Crunch Berries. A good, oh, wow. Good bowl of Cap'n Crunch any day of the week. It always just, I don't know, makes me feel like, like, like a kid, you know, just like it's total comfort. Number one, it's not necessarily food, it's more of a snack, but when I'm just sitting around and I, and I don't know what I want, I love to just eat mixed nuts. Just like some planters. <laughs> I bet you do. Just some planters, mixed nuts, and just, you know, chill out. You know, drink a Coke Zero and some mixed nuts and, and just, oh, that's absolutely. good. So that's, yeah, I that's mean, mine. If there's one thing everyone says about Jason Robbins, it's that he loves his mixed nuts. Yes, I do. Jason Robbins <laughs> loves the nuts. Can't get enough of the nuts. Mixed mm. nuts, too. All kinds of nuts. I different even, kinds of nuts. See, this is my favorite. Colors. This is my favorite time of the year, too, because you go to the Walmart marketplace and they have the big um, thing of the unshelled like walnuts and all that mm -hmm. stuff and like the chestnuts. And I just go in there and just like get a big bag of those. So I can just sit there and just eat uh, yeah. unshelled like walnuts and stuff. So, Oh yeah. Jason Robbins, Jason Robbins loves his uh, big nut bags. Yeah. I like nut but bags. <laughs> my, my top five comfort food. I'm a Southern boy, baby. I mm. went with Southern comfort. I, and is it biscuits, biscuits and gravy on there? Yes. Okay. Let's make sure. <laughs> Of course it is. My mother's biscuits and gravy specifically. I won't eat any other kind of biscuit and gravy. If my mother's not making it, I'm not eating it. <laughs> but my number five 
specifically, most of this food, except for the biscuits and gravy, has to come from a gas station. You understand me? Okay. Southern <laughs> gas stations have better food than every five-star restaurant that Gordon Ramsay owned. And the secret ingredient is risk. <laughs> what makes it so good. My number five is boudin. What you know about that boudin, boy? <laughs> I'm talking that big old sausage full of rice and mm-hmm. pork and beef. Get it from any gas station in the South. You will not regret it. My number four is my mother's biscuits and gravy. If anyone else makes me biscuits and gravy, I will have to respectfully decline. I'm going to need to come to your house and have some biscuits and gravy one morning. <laughs> Absolutely. My mom makes the homemade sausage gravy and the mm. homemade biscuits. Mm. <laughs> and if grandmama tries to make me biscuits and gravy, I'm going to have oh, to say no, I'll tell grandma. you where not to get biscuits and gravy. Uh, if, you live anywhere, if, you're li- if you're a Coast listener, don't go to Big B's Exxon on Washington. I got biscuits and gravy from there one time and got food poisoning for like two days. <laughs> Just like the kind of food poisoning where you got to like hang your ass over the toilet and your face over the, uh, over the, the bathtub so you can just vomit your <laughs> shit at the same. It's like you're like a volcano in two directions. It was awful. I've been there. I've been there. We should have hit them up for a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Call and be like, hey. <laughs> I talked about how your biscuits and gravy gave me the shits. You want to support the show? <laughs> but my number, my number three comfort food is fried shrimp. Mm. I love fried shrimp. Southern delicacy. You can't have a southern meal without fried shrimp. My number two, which is my favorite companion to fried shrimp, as weird as it sounds, is barbecue rib. Mm. There's this little gas station in Van Cleve. I won't say the name <laughs> of it because I don't want to go many free promotion now. But they have a great uh, selection of fried rib, man. And you mm. go into that gas station and you go over to the deli, get the fried rib. Love it. And number one, of course, you get it anywhere in the South. Like in New Orleans, you go into a, a laundromat and you can buy alcohol. I'm pretty sure around here you can go to a laundromat and buy fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Anywhere is fried chicken. Love fried chicken, man. The goat of comfort food. Oh, yeah. They got that good fried chicken at... uh the the Fayards um marathon on Washington. They have the, yeah, the chicken yeah, yeah. fingers that those are good and the roast beef po' boys are the best anywhere. Oh yeah. But just the hear me best. out. Just hear me out. <coughs> love that chicken from Popeye's. Oh yeah. Popeye's is the goat, baby. Love Popeye's. I got a Popeye's less than like two like two minutes from my house and it, it takes everything mm-hmm. I got not to go there and eat every day. I'd love to do that. <laughs> All right, we're getting down to our last two. Uh, our last two lists here. Uh, we got movie posters. Top five movie posters. Um, number five is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. How can you not? Like, that, that poster just screams adventure. Uh, ri- uh, drawn and painted by Drew Struzan, who's my favorite movie poster uh, guy of all time. I actually have a personalized um, uh uh, post like a uh, piece of artwork from him that he sent to me personally, which I'm probably the only person on the planet who has it, and I will be mm. I will be cremated with it. So it's not it's not going to last past me. No one's going to get it. <laughs> um, number four is of course Army of Darkness. That like that movie poster just sums up the Evil Dead, like the Ash character from Evil Dead, because mm-hmm. it looks like. You know, it's kind of almost like the original Star Wars poster, and it's 
I don't know. Just, if you haven't seen it, just Google the Army of Darkness poster. And I actually still have it because I got it from the uh, the the rental place when I when when it came out. Uh, number three, Big Trouble in Little China. Of course, another Drew Struzan classic. Um, it was my favorite John Carpenter poster of all of his movies. Um, number two, of course, one of the greatest movie posters of all times, Pulp Fiction. Man, there's just something about that poster with Uma Thurman just spread out on the bed, you know, with all the books oh, yeah. around her and just like smoking a cigarette. And you're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I had that poster on my wall for so many years. And of course, my favorite poster, which I still have these up right now. I have the original Star Wars Special Edition posters uh, when they were re-released in 1996 um, of the uh, Star Wars trilogy that were done by Drew Struzan, but they make a triptych. So you put them together to make one big poster. And I still oh. have those. Like I did some artwork for the movie theater on the, uh, the windows for uh, a movie called Gone Fishing that had Joe Pesci. And um, who else was in that? Uh, Danny Glover, I think. It was, it was just one of those movies they were like trying really hard to, uh, to promote it because it was going, coming out against, I think, Jurassic Park 2. So oh, they, no. <laughs> they, they told me I could have the, the Star Wars movie posters if I came in and did some artwork on the windows for, for Gone Fishing. And I still have those posters, and they're up on my wall in the living room right now. Wow, that's a cool story, man. You're you're full of all kinds of cool stories, Jason. Because <laughs> I'm an old man. It's all I have is stories. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, my top five is, is somewhat similar. We have a couple of the same entries. Huge shout out, though, to 2014's The Wolverine movie poster. Oh, it's yeah. very simple. It's very cool. And I'm looking at it right now. Because... That's the black and white poster, right? Yes, yeah. and it's hanging up right there uh, in my yeah. room. <laughs> that is a cool. Po- it's it's based off the co- the Logan comic, uh, yeah. That it was based on. And I have that comic. I love that comic book cover too. That just that simple black and white, mm. like Wolverine. Like it's so cool. Yeah, it actually looks kind of like a variant comic book cover in a yeah. way. Like you get the black and white variants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my actual top five, of course, number five is Pulp Fiction. You said it all, man. Mm. Uma Thurman smoking a cigarette with the come-to-bed eyes. Yeah. And on the side, you have the A-list cast listed. Uh, number four is The Dark Knight. Uh, there are a few Dark Knight posters. I'm talking about the one with Christian Bale's Batman in the forefront yeah. and the burning Batman symbol, huge on the building in the background. That just embodies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a chaotic... Bat and it's cool because the the burning buildings actually make the bat symbol, which is yeah. cool about that. Like I love that poster. That's a great poster. Number three, classic poster, Scarface. Oh, so yeah. classic, it's been parodied everywhere. <laughs> Everyone loves the Scarface poster. Number two, Fight Club, with uh, Brad Pitt holding yeah. the soap, Edward Norton in the background. It's so enigmatic it's so simple and it it has this kind of like greasy overtone to it which the whole movie has in a way they don't really make posters like that anymore like that's a very 90s thing to do you know like the pulp fiction the fight club posters like they have this weird it doesn't necessarily tell you what the movie's about but it's so intriguing that it makes you want to see the movie just to be like what is this about looks so cool 
Absolutely. And of course you watch Fight Club for the first time and you don't regret it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those movies where you watch it twice and then you never watch it again. Well, it's because of that movie I started reading uh Chuck Palahniuk books. And man, yeah. that dude is uh if you want to read some good books, man, that dude is just prolific. Absolutely. I love that guy, man. I, I actually haven't read uh Fight Club yet, but I that's something I you know, do want to do. That's pretty much the uh, only one I haven't read is Fight Club. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I've read pretty we much should, every other one except for that one. We should be old men together and have a book club. We should, fight let's club. do that. Uh, and my number one, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. I mean, classic movie poster. Indiana, I mean, uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones with the shirt open and the mm. whip up. Uh, it's just... You just look at it, it just screams adventure. It's like, oh, oh yeah. my god, I'm going to have such a good time in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, and we're down to the last five here, um, and this is it. This is the last list we've got, and what else could it be? Drum roll, please. Top five candy bars. What kind of show would we be if we didn't do top five candy bars? I mean, look at us. You can tell the both of us love our candy bars. Oh, yeah. Number five. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting chunky, man. Because <laughs> I've been eating a lot of candy bars lately. And number five, now this is a candy bar that a lot of people sleep on. But it's one of the best candy bars out there. It's sweet and it's salty. It's the sweet and the savory. It's a payday. Dude, if you don't eat payday bars, you're missing out, man. It's the nougat. Oh, it's the peanuts. It's like it's almost like a, a baby Ruth without the chocolate. Dude. I'm so disappointed in you right now. Dude, I, I can't help it. I love a good payday bar. I can't help it. I used to think the same way until I actually ate one, and then I was like, holy crap, this is really good. And now I, I, I don't miss out on a, on a payday bar. Like if I walk past, if it's Halloween and somebody has a bowl of, uh, you know, little, little fun size, because the payday is always the biggest one. You know, and I always pick those because I'm like, I'm going to get more bang for my buck with these uh, fun size payday bars. And number four, this is another one that everybody sleeps on. A hundred grand. You got, you got your Krispies, you got your nougat, your caramel, the chocolate. Man, hundred grands are great, but they just, they sound so old fashioned. I think if they had a different name, they would, they would be a more popular candy bar. Um, number three, of course, Baby Ruth. I love me a Baby Ruth. Baby Ruths are so damn good. Like, Baby Ruth? Like, who doesn't love Baby Ruths, man? Number two, and I know you're going to agree with me on this one, Jacob. Like, I love a good Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, mm-hmm. but the holiday edition ones are always the best ones. You got, during Halloween, you got your, uh, your bats, and um, what else do they the have? The pumpkins. The pumpkins. Then, of course, at Christmas, you've got your trees. And now they do trees and boots and uh, candy cane shape. Um, and then, of course, at Easter, you got your Easter eggs. Dude, they're so good because it's, you're getting the Reese's cup without the edges. It's just all the soft part of yeah. the peanut butter cup. And it, I, I eat them by eating the, all the chocolate off and then eating the peanut butter in the middle. I don't know. I've uh, always well, been that way as a, since I was a kid. Well, that makes you a psychopath, but well, please yeah. continue. I, I just like to, to savor it as long as I can. Uh, and, of course, number one, the goat. The greatest 
the greatest candy bar of all time, and I, I hope you agree with me, is a Snickers. Snickers, all kinds of Snickers, whether it's the, the almond or the hazelnut or just the, the regular granddaddy Snickers bar with peanuts, greatest candy bar of all time. Well, what you slept on, Jason, is that I don't like nuts. Oh, I are don't you allergic? Like nuts. I'm not allergic. I just don't like the, the texture. But I will say that the one exception I do make is for a Snickers bar. Yes. I will eat a Snickers <laughs> bar. It's not my favorite, but I will eat a Snickers bar. And I can see where you're coming from Yeah, with that being your number one. But my, my top five is all, all nut free for, <laughs> you know. But my number five, what you were talking about with the pumpkins is absolutely true. Yes. My number five is the Reese's Fast Break. Have you oh, ever had those? Yes, those are great. Dude, so, <laughs> so underrated good. because it's such it's such a new product that a lot of people don't know about it. And yeah. I don't know if you can even buy a king-sized one anywhere. I, every time I can find a king-sized one, I get one because the regular size one is not big enough. That's my yeah. only problem with it. Yeah, dude, I love the Reese's Fast Breaks. Uh, my number four is the Heath Bar. I yes. love the, the, the toffee flavor. It's so unique. I love Heath bars, but I like them better as a, a blizzard or anything to yeah. do with ice cream. Absolutely. That's, it's the perfect fit because of the rich toffee that they put in it. Yeah, Derek said the Reese's Take 5 is good, too. Have you had the Take 5 yeah. yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I have. Ooh, so good. Those are amazing. I'm glad the three of us have the same yeah. good taste. <laughs> um, my number three is the 100 Grand Bar, which... I didn't realize that a lot of people don't like, but apparently they do, and those people are fucking stupid. <laughs> Y'all are insane. Dude, I, so every good, time man. I go to the Dollar Tree, I get one of those, like, dollar packs of, like, six or seven hundred grands. Yeah. They're so good. It's like, it's like the mix between a Crunch Bar and a Twix. In yes. A yeah. With the Rice Krispies and the, and the caramel and the nougat and everything. My number two... Uh, because it's so simple, is the Kit Kat bar. Oh, yeah. It's just simple chocolate wafer, baby. It, it, you know exactly what you're going to get. Did you, it's try, a, it's also, did you try the apple pie ones they came out with? No. I have not tried them yet. I've only seen them at a couple of places, but next time I run across it, I'm going to buy one and try it. I've, I've tried the dark chocolate, and I've tried the white chocolate, but I didn't even know that they had apple pie. Um, well, it's too bad that you didn't have a good time at uh, Play and Talk the other day, because uh, that's where I get my Japanese Kit Kats from, and they have all the weird flavored Japanese ones. Like they have the, um, uh, they have chestnut. They've got like green tea, um, uh, some kind of. Uh, it's like a. Uh, they have um, like uh, some kind of like ice cream, like uh, banana split. That's really good. Oh. And it's actually cold when you eat it. Like the banana split one. It's like eating ice cream. It's weird. But mm. Jack, because Japan has like a thousand different Kit Kat flavors. And we only have like right. two. That's awesome, man. I really, yeah, I really wish that store didn't rip me yeah. off and take my money. <laughs> oh, and Derek, we thanks for hanging out, man. Uh, we're going to do uh, Nerd Cave Retro in a bit. So thank you. Thank you for hanging out, man. Yes, thank you, Derek. Thank you for all the lists. Uh, my number one, which in my opinion is the goat candy bar, is the Twix bar. See, I'm not a Twix guy. You're not a Twix guy? I like the peanut butter ones. I don't like the reg. I mean, I do, 
but they're not like I'll eat them if they're there. I don't hate them, mm. but they're not not something that I I like. Ooh, I want a Twix. Like I don't think I've ever said I could go for a Twix in my entire life. Man, a- anytime I'm on the road or something and my blood sugar goes low, I stumble into a gas station <laughs> and I know exactly subconsciously. I don't even have to think about it. I know what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the good old Twix bar because yeah. you know. <laughs> Daddy needs his sugar. Yeah. You get the okay. sugars. <laughs> I get the sugars. Uh, I mean, I, I don't hate Twix bars. They're just not my favorite. Like, they're probably dead last. Down mm. down near, like, zero bars. <laughs> Dude, do not compare Twix to a zero bar, goddammit. I love Twix bars. Uh, um, but Twix. some of the other ones that I, I find really good are, like, you know, um, uh, I like a good score bar occasionally. And okay. um, the uh, the symphony bars, dude. If you haven't had a symphony bar, um, with the uh, the toffee and the almonds, like you can only get like the big, like almost like the size of a cinder block. You get them yeah. at Walmart. They're like a dollar fifty or something like that. Those are really good too. You can't just okay. like go to a, a gas station and get like a symphony bar. You have to go to like Walmart or you know a CVS cool. to get one. Exclusive. Yeah. But that's uh, that's all of our top five lists for tonight, Jason. But before we get out of here, buddy, mm-hmm. we've had we've had so much fun talking yeah. about our top five lists. We've had so much fun over the last year. I have a question for you, my friend. Mm-hmm. What uh, what guests do you want to see on our podcast in 2021? We have a whole year. Um, well, I, I, we talked about it. I I, I want to get back to doing some more local people, like from the mm-hmm. uh, the New Orleans to uh, Pensacola area. Um, we've been talking to a lot of celebrities, which I love to do, but I feel like we've kind of gotten away from what we started the show to do, which was introduce local people. Um, you know, not not and not just comedians, but you know, musicians and 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 anybody that's you know open mic, you know, like open mic type person, people that need exposure. Um, but if we're gonna do celebrity, you know, I love doing celebrity. I'd like to get some bigger celebrities on, like my the big whale. Is of course Kevin Smith. I want to get Kevin Smith whale. on the show. That's our white whale right there. If I can get him, I can die a happy man. Yeah, I mean, if we get Kevin Smith, that'll be our last episode. Because what else are we gonna yeah. strive for? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to get some bigger musicians on too. Like, I'd love to talk to, you know, like uh, Charlie Benante from Anthrax or you know those people like that. If we can get some people like that, that'd be I, awesome. I feel like that one's doable. So yeah. <laughs> I'll maybe I'll see what I can do for you. Awesome. But uh, what I want to do is, of course, our podcast is around the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I want to get on local comedians, specifically Ryan Adams is a guy that I love that I've yes. been wanting to get on. We got to get Compton Smith, Smith on the show. We got to get Emily Olga uh, Dylan back. We we had her yeah. scheduled, but uh, it kind of fell through. She had you yeah. know, she had some uh, family emergency stuff, so we're gonna have her back on soon too. Absolutely. Uh, Craig Williams as well. Uh, his girlfriend, Katya, who's also a really good comic. He is uh, so he... fucking funny. <laughs> like yes, dude. dude. I've, I've befriended Craig Williams. I've took him under my wing a little bit because he's already better than me four months into comedy. Dude, uh, he, he is going to have a Netflix special. There's no oh, yeah. doubt in my mind that dude is going to be huge. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get Craig Williams on in January. But what I really want to do is branch into sports entertainment because I know you're not going to like this, but I have a lot of very personal connections with UFC fighters okay. who are actually, 
I'm not talking like bullshit bottom of the roster UFC fighters. I have connections to ranked UFC fighters <laughs> who may possibly be fighting for a title in oh. 2021. I have, um, through my other work, through uh, journalism, I have uh, personal phone numbers of a few fighters who I, I don't want to really abuse that. Yeah. But I could possibly get on people such as Chris Lieben, Jason Knight, Chase Sherman, Curtis Blades. Uh, if you're into MMA, you know who those people are. I'd love to get on some of those people. Dude, I, I'm totally down for that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I want to do, man. And of course, more local comics, mm-hmm. more local musicians. Ooh, Northern Light Suplex, dude. My favorite local band. Uh, Justin and Jade Fresh. Love to get those guys on the podcast. Yeah, I love Justin Fresh. I've known him for a long, long time. He'd be great to get on the show. Absolutely. That's what I want to do next year. Awesome. Um, so that was, that's, it's been a year. I mean, we, uh, you know, it's, it's been a crazy year. So hopefully, uh, you know, everybody out there, we, we hope you're doing well. Um, we know it's hard out there for a lot of people. And, um, you know, it's a lot of mental, like, a lot of depression going on. You know, people can't see each other for the holidays. Just know that, you know, <clears throat> if you'd like to, to email us or just talk to us, you know, you need anybody to talk to for the holidays, you know, we're here. Uh, we have our, our Twitter. You know, you can follow both of us. I'm at JFunktastic. Uh, Jacob is at Jacob Craig Comedy. Of course, you can follow us both on Facebook. You know, if you need anything, we're always here. And um, if you'd like, if you know somebody that would, that, you know, you want to have on the show, somebody that's an upcoming musician or something like that, tell them to get a hold of us. We're, you know, we're not hard to get a hold of. And uh, we hope you guys have a very happy and safe, wonderful, you know, Merry Christmas and happy holidays and, and stay safe, please. Uh, you know, the world's still kind of crazy. But uh, we love you guys, and thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us uh, here at the Open Micers Podcast. Uh, you got anything you want to say to the people before we leave? I think you summed it up, man. I love you guys. Thank you for watching this podcast. You make me the happiest boy in the world. <laughs> well, if you'd like to email us, like I said, it's openmicerspodcast at gmail.com. We're at Open Micers on Twitter. And, of course, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. Happy holidays, everybody. We love you, and we'll see you next year.